Good evening to those in social media. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship. We come to you with our Saturday night message. We thank you for those that watch. And once again, I always thank you for those who respond and say you're liking the messages. And I always encourage you to share it with your friends, your family members, those of you know who need, you know, they're the word of God. And so it always gave me privilege to come to you and just share the word of God with you. Um, to share what God has put on my heart that I feel like um, what his people need to hear. And so we thank you in advance for you uh, listening and we pray that that word of God, these messages are being a blessing to you. Um, tonight, we're going to start a new series. We're going to start a new series. We want to talk about the habits of a thankful heart. Okay. The habits of a thankful heart. Uh, we, we um, this is, you know, Thanksgiving season. Thanksgiving is next week, and then we're going to take this series um, into the new year. So we're going to be talking about that till January. But we want to talk about the habits of a thankful heart. How do we be thankful? Um, being thankful and learning how to be thankful, and we're really going this this. This teaching is focused on the book of Philippians, okay? The book of Philippians, where we're going to basically be coming without scriptures, where Paul is talking to the church of Philippi. And so I want to start off with this verse. He said, and this is going to be our founding verse, and we're going to really deal with this verse really the, all night. Um, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. And listen to what Paul said. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. And notice that Paul, he repeats this twice. So this is a Thanksgiving saying for, for some of us, the, the holidays are a favorite time of the year. But for those who are experiencing financial problems or are grieving or find themselves exhausted about work and family situation, Thanksgiving is difficult for you. Maybe it's difficult. You may be doing this particular time. <clears throat> You know, you've had people, loved ones die. Maybe you just recently had someone pass away or financial problems. You've been struggling. Maybe you lost your job. You're trying to get back on your feet. I'm grieving. And so, therefore, this may be a tough time for you to rejoice and be excited about, you know, the holidays coming up. But we we, we know, based on this here, we know we are supposed to be grateful. We know that. That's what the Bible tells when times are hard, how can this be? So here's the question. How can I, you may be asking the question, how can I be thankful? When we're talking about developing habits of a thankful heart, how can I develop this, this habit of being thankful and being grateful to God when I have problems and financial problems, experiencing maybe marital problems and uh, grieving over some losses and Things it just things are just not going well in your life right now. So how do we do that? And so Paul gives us and at the answer here in Philippians chapter four verse four. But we often think that giving thanks is something we do in response to our circumstance. Okay, that's what we think. Yet Paul here makes it clear that Christians are thankful not only because of their circumstance, but even in spite of them. This is what we you not thankful because of your thankfulness. Because anybody can do that. Even the unsaved people can do that. 
But can you be thankful in spite of what you're going through, in spite of the hard time that you're having right now? Um, can you be thankful? Can you make a decision to be thankful? So Paul writes to Rome um, where he awaits trial to the church of Philippi and a church experiencing persecution and financial hardship. So this church, church of Philippi, was experiencing persecution for being you know, Christians and financial you know, um, hardship. This is what they was experiencing. But he said, he tells them to rejoice in the Lord always again. So this is what Paul commands them. Okay, so I'm going to read um, Philippians chapter 4, verses. I'm going to read verses 4 through 6. Okay, I'm just going to read verses 4 through 6. And it says, always be, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say again, rejoice. Let everyone see that that you are considerate in all that you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Okay, he's coming soon. It tells you that. It tells you that, that he's coming soon. This is what he's doing. So then in five, well, it says, that's five. It's the six says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all that he has done. Then you experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. And his peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ. So he says, hey, when we rejoice, I love what Paul says here. When we rejoice, you know, he says, hey, we're going to experience this peace. Because he says, what? Don't worry about anything. But pray about everything. Now, when we say, well, we're talking about prayer. What are we talking about? I want to kind of get that. We're not talking about begging God. or And it's okay to tell God your frustrations, what you're experiencing. That's prayer. But know that it says here, um, pray, say, pray about everything. And then tell God what you need. Okay? Telling God what you need. And then thank him for what he has done. So it tells you that. So in your prayer time, if you're struggling... This is one of the habits of having a thankful heart that tell God what you need because we're not telling you to deny what you're going through. We're not telling you to forget about and just kind of trying to bury. No, tell God how you feel, what you need from him, and then thank him that he's already done it. Okay. Then it says you experience the peace of God. So peace will come. This is why you can rejoice because as you know that God has already done it, you give gave it to him, you trust him to take care of it, then the, then you can walk in peace. So let's deal with this verse, um, chapter 4, verse 4, Philippians chapter 4. I'll read it again. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. So how do we do this? How do we do this? So we understand, first of all, I said joy is something we we have. Rejoicing is something we do. Okay, let me say it again. Joy is something you have, but rejoicing is something you do. The reason most people don't rejoice always, as instructed here, is because they don't know that they already have joy. So let me tell you, you already have joy. So, well, you may be saying, well, preacher, how do you know that? Well, you have the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, what is the fruit of the Spirit? It's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, temperance, patience. All that's in you the day you got born again, okay? All God placed all that in you. So you have to know 
that I have joy already, no matter what my circumstances, no matter how I feel at the present time. Okay, know that you have joy on the inside of you. It has been given to you in your born again spirit. So joy is depositing you that you got saved. Okay, so if you don't know you have joy, then you're not going to rejoice. So that's one of the problems as the believers. We don't know what we have. We still think we're trying to get something that God has already gave us. So it says, notice that Paul instructs us to rejoice in the Lord, okay? Our joy is in the Lord. Notice he said, rejoice in the Lord. Not rejoice in your circumstance, not rejoice, you know, in your relationship, because those things may not be doing well right now. Okay, but he says rejoice in the Lord. So what does that mean? That means that our joy is in our born again spirits. That's what that means. It's your, your joy is in your born again spirit. Once again, we go to uh, the fruit of the spirit, which is Galatians 5.22. You, you get time, you read that. Joy does not come from the outside in response to our circumstance. It comes from the inside and is a fruit of the spirit. So if you're looking for joy to come from the outside, you, 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 very rare, you're not going to find it. Joy, the joy of the Lord comes from the inside and knowing Christ Jesus, knowing that he has placed it in you and knowing this in your born again spirit. Okay. We always have joy, but we must choose to rejoice. Okay. You always have joy. Why? Because it's in your born again spirit. But you have to make a choice to rejoice. It is a choice that you have to make. It is something that we do. By not because, as, as I said, the circumstance is good, but because, you know, God commands us to rejoice and we're going to deal with that, too. But it is you choose to make that choice. I'm going to rejoice regardless of what I'm experiencing right now, regardless of what I'm going through, regardless of how I feel. I'm going to make a choice to rejoice in the Lord. So it says everyone wants to rejoice, but most people rejoice at times. But, but Paul commands us to rejoice in the Lord always. So this is not a sometimes thing when you feel like it. OK, it's not a sometimes thing. It says rejoice in the Lord always. And, and, and that seems unreasonable and impossible for most people. Now, when, I, when you say that, when Paul is saying that, people may think, well, you know, that's impossible. That's unreasonable. How can you rejoice always? Now, it says these people think that they think they can't always be rejoicing even through bad times. But the Lord would be unjust, okay, to command us to do something that is not, that is unobtainable. Okay. Rejoicing at all times is not only possible it is preferable so god would not command you to do something that would be it's impossible for you to do so he's not going to tell you to do something knowing that it's impossible so when when paul tells he and i believe he he's being led by the holy spirit to rejoice always he's saying this is possible and it's not only possible but it's preferable prefer for you to rejoice even in the midst of you going through your struggle you have to make a decision to rejoice 
it is true that we can't rejoice at all times if we're waiting for our circumstances to be good. Even in a few times when everything seems to be just right, we will have some sorrow because of past tragedies or future fears. Our rejoicing has to be in the Lord. So if you're waiting, you can't rejoice all the time if you're waiting for your circumstance to become good. So if you're waiting for things to get better and others rejoice, then you may, you're not going to rejoice at all times that the Bible commands us to do. You're not going to do that. But it says our rejoicing is in the Lord. Because like I said, all of us, everyone, and maybe you right now, you've experienced a past tragedy and future fears and things that are going on in your life. You know, hey. So, but if you're waiting for things to get right in your life, they say, you know what? When they get better, I rejoice. I praise God when I get when things get better. No, you need to praise Him right now, even in the midst of your struggle. Even in, and I know that's that's tough. That's difficult. But you know what? That's why you have we we have the help of the Holy Spirit to help us do those things. This command uh, differs from the thinking of most people. To such an extent that they think they were surely misunderstanding Paul's. Can I think about this command? Because it's really, it goes beyond the natural mind. And he tells us to rejoice always, all the time. And so that goes beyond human thinking, carnal thinking. So people may misunderstand Paul and say, well, Paul, did Paul, did you really mean that? So to leave no doubt that he meant just what he said, he repeats himself. Paul says, again, I say rejoice. Let's go back and look at it. He says, hey, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say again, rejoice. He says, he says it twice, okay? He says it twice. So he leaves, no, Paul leaves the room to, hey, this is what I really mean. This emphasize this truth um, to leave no room for explaining it away. So you for people who try to explain this away, well, Paul didn't really mean that, no. But we are to rejoice in the Lord always. So you can't explain it away. You can't say, well, Paul didn't really mean this because he said it twice. He, he said it twice. He was not um, going back on what he said. Now, when we talk about, it says rejoicing law always again, it said this is not a suggestion or request from Paul. This is not a, this is a command from the apostle. Okay. Understand it. And is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Okay. So, and it's also, you understand, it is also a command to us too. It is a command to, this is the command. Those who do not follow this command are breaking the word of God just as much as those who don't follow some of the moral laws, such as um, stealing or committing adultery, you know, lying, so forth. But this is a law of the Lord. This is a law. Okay, now, when I say that, I don't want you to put yourself under condemnation. Okay, when we say this is a law, we're not saying, you know, don't put yourself under condemnation and feel guilty. But it is a command from God, and God wants us to do it. And guess what? Because he commands us to do it, he's given us 
in our born again spirit, the ability to do this. So I don't want you to put yourself under condemnation tonight if you're not doing it. But tonight, what am I? I'm challenging you and trying to inspire you to begin to do this, even in the midst of your struggle, even in the midst of your circumstance. You know, rejoice in the Lord, and God will show you how to do that. So that removes any doubt that we we may have about not having authority over our emotions. If emotions were only uncontrollable chemical reactions to circumstances, then the Lord would be unjust to give us an impossible command and then hold us accountable. But God is not unjust and we are commanded to rejoice always. Therefore, we can and should control our emotions. So you can control your emotions. I want to say that. I think that's important to say that you have authority over your emotions. Okay. Now, that doesn't mean that you're never going to cry and like that. But you know what? You don't have to stay depressed. Okay. You don't have to stay sad. I want to let you know that tonight. You don't have to stay frustrated or disappointed. I'm not saying those things won't come because they will. They will come. Those negative emotions will come. But you don't have to stay in those emotions. When you learn how to rejoice in the Lord's power, again, I say rejoice. When you develop a habit, is what I'm talking about here. We're talking about developing habits. I want to go back to the to the, to, to the title lesson. It's talking about habits of a thankful heart. This is a habit that you have to develop. So when we talk about habits, let me go back. When we talk about habits, how do you develop a habit? Well, I read somewhere it says it says it says it takes about 21 days to really develop a good habit. Okay. And so you have to spend some time doing this. This doesn't happen overnight. This is something you have to practice. This is something you have to do. But you know what? You can control your emotions. Now, it may take a few days. It may take a few days. You're not going to master this overnight if you're sad, if you're struggling, if you're frustrated. No, you know, it's not going to happen instantly all the time. It can, but it's not, that's not probably 90% of the time. That's not the way it's going to happen. So you can't control your emotion because God, if God, if you couldn't control your emotion, then God would be wrong to tell us to do this, to rejoice in the Lord always. Okay, so you can control your emotion. Because I know people say, well, I just can't help myself. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. If you develop this habit of rejoicing and making a decision, well, let me get more specific. How do you do that? Well, you have to. And and I may say this all the time, but it's, I think it's the thing that we don't do. The practical thing is, he said, well, how do I re- learn, develop a habit of rejoicing in the Lord? You got to get in the word. You got to spend some time in the word. You got to have a daily, weekly, you know, um, time spent in the word where you're taking, you actually going physically, reading the word of God, placing it in front of your face, your Bible app, whatever you use um, to put your eyes on the word of God so that the word of God can speak and develop a habit of meditating on scriptures. So you can do what Paul is saying here, what the Holy Spirit is telling you to rejoice in the Lord. So you can and you should control your emotions. So the word rejoice is used in some form 
a total a total of 192 times in the scripture okay many reasons and occasions to rejoice are recorded in the scriptures all right now here's just a few i'm gonna give you some some reasons some occasions to rejoice in the lord it said we are to rejoice before the lord our god okay it tells us that it says we are to rejoice in god's salvation think about think about what jesus did for us okay we rejoice in that we are to rejoice because we are those who seek the lord when we seek the lord we rejoice because we seek the lord we rejoice in his goodness god is good all the time he has been good to you in spite of your situation in spite of what you god has been good to us he has been good to you and that's the reason why you can and should rejoice we can rejoice in god's mercy think about it you don't get what if what if god gave you what you deserved okay think about it think about if he gave all of us what we deserve and at the end of the day we know all of us deserve hell but god didn't give us that for those who have accepted jesus christ their prayer saving uh heaven is your destination that's where you should be with christ forever we have to rejoice when we sing to god sing his praises we rejoice. We have to rejoice because our name is written in heaven. That's it. Your name is written down. God has your name recorded in the Lamb's book of life. He has your name recorded. He said we are to rejoice in the light, which is Jesus Christ himself. We are to rejoice in hope of the glory of God. His glory, his manifest glory. We are to rejoice in the day of Christ. That day is coming. In the day of Christ, we are rejoicing that when that day comes, knowing that that day will come. We are to rejoice in Christ Jesus himself. Just the person of Jesus Christ, his attributes. Okay, you can rejoice in that and who he is, what he is to you. We also, last thing is that we are to rejoice in suffering. And this is the tough thing, and it takes the, the help of the Holy Spirit. When we are rejoicing and suffering, when you're going through, you are to rejoice. So twice in this verse, Paul commanded the Philippians to rejoice. This is even more unusual when we realize that Paul was in prison at the time of this writing. Now think about it. Here's a man who is telling them to rejoice in the Lord in spite of what they're going through, and he's locked up in prison. He's incarcerated himself. Now, you say, well, how is he able to do it? Because most of us, I don't know about you. I don't know if it would take the, the power of the Holy Spirit to rejoice while I'm locked up in prison and may wait on trial, possibly could die. And all because he was preaching the gospel. But he's this is when, think about it. He was writing this while he was in, in prison. Our circumstances may sometimes be against us. But inward joy can always be ours because we are in the Lord. So if your out circumstances right now may be working against you, but joy is on the inside of you. Why? Because you are in Christ Jesus. You are a born again believer. Okay. You have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And if you haven't done that, I, I you can do that tonight. All you can do is ask him to come into your heart. Ask him to be your savior. Know that your sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. Receive him as your personal savior. 
I believe you died for me on the cross and I receive you as my savior. It's just that simple. Okay, so our circumstances may all may sometimes be against it, but inward joy can always be ours because we're in the Lord. We can be content in all situations. For God's word says, he says, this is what he says, I will never leave you nor forsaken. That's Hebrews 13 and 5. And in thy presence there is fullness of joy. That's what Psalms 16 and 11 says. So we can be content in all situations. And what does all mean? All means all. All means all. Every last one of them. There is none. There's no situation. There is no circumstance here on earth where you cannot rejoice in the Lord. Why? Because you have the superpower of God on the inside of you, which gives you the ability to do this. Now, you can't do this on your own strength. Let me say that. You can't do this. If you're trying to do this in your own strength, you know what? You're going to have problems. But if you allow, if you learn how to tap into the supernatural power that God puts in and that joy that he placed on the inside of you, you can do this. And you can develop a habit of being, having a, of, of a thankful heart. And people will see that in you. So no matter what your circumstance, no matter what your circumstance, okay, we can always be glad and take pleasure, great pleasure in and enjoy the Lord. Okay, take great pleasure in that. You, no matter what your circumstance, let me say it again, no matter what your circumstance is tonight, okay, you can be glad and you can take pleasure in the Lord. You can do that. You can, why? Because Jesus Christ, the hope of glory, the joy of our salvation lives on the inside of you. And thank you need to praise and thank God that, hey, my circumstances is not well, but I thank you, God, that I'm in you, that I put my trust in you, that, hey, I love, that you love me, you know, because I love you because you first loved me. His love for you never changed. Even if, the, even if you're going through, and I want to say this to somebody, even though you're going through a hard time right now, okay, God's love has never changed for you. Don't doubt his love while you're going through this. Just to begin to develop this habit of rejoicing in the Lord, rejoicing in him. So it says, how, how does Paul expect us to be thankful? Through sheer will, forcing ourselves to be grateful when we aren't. And so and that's the thing. And so this may sound like this. So he said, how can I be thankful? How can I be thankful in my situation? And this is what the world said, through sheer willpower, you can will yourself. Will yourself to be grateful. That's not what we're talking about. Or how do I do it by, by self-delusion? Do I act delusional like, you know, nothing is going wrong. Nothing is bothering me. You know, and that's not that can that's a trick of the enemy too, because the enemy would get you to try to you know um, suppress it, push it all down. This is not what we're saying, okay? So we said, what well, am I doing about willpower or, or self doing? Telling um, myself that things aren't really bad, even when they are. No, that's not what we're saying. We're not saying things may be really bad for you right now, but if you make a choice 
to rejoice in the Lord. I guarantee you, I guarantee you that people will look at you and say, how in the world are you going through? And you tell them it's Jesus. I know things are bad. I know things are hard. I know difficult. I'm struggling. But you know what? I'm going to rejoice in the Lord because God is good. I know he's already provided. He's already made a way. So I'm going to rejoice in what He, I believe, what the word says, that he's already done everything that I need. I may not see the manifestation right now, but you know what? It is a done deal. So we're not telling you to do about um, forcing on yourselves to be grateful through willpower. No, it says that as Paul demonstrated to Philippians, the source of our thankfulness is the hope of the gospel. That's the source. We're talking about the source. What is the source of my joy? What is the source of my happiness? What is the source of my peace? What is the source of my self-control? What is the source of my um, my knees? It's Jesus. It is the hope of the gospel. And Jesus is the gospel. It is the, what does that word mean? We talked about that in, in Bible study. Hope is expectation. Hope is a product of grace. Is expecting God to do whatever he said he's going to do. So that's why I'm going to rejoice because I'm expecting. You need to be expecting God to do what he said he's going to do. Now, it may not work out like you want it to. It may not work out like you plan it to. Okay, like you want it to. I'm gonna, let me say that. But you know what? You're going to come out victorious. You're going to come out stronger on the other side. And so while I, I believe God is a done deal, but I'm developing, this is what we're doing. We're developing habits of a thankful heart. And so will you understand the source of your thankfulness, which is Jesus, then you're going to be like Paul. We're going to be like, let me go ahead and read it again. It says in Philippians 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And he said, I'm going to say it again. Again, I say rejoice. And that's the last thing I want to say to you tonight. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Once again, we thank you for listening. We will be back with you again um, next week on another installment of Habits of a Thankful Heart. Once again, thank you for listening. And we'll be back with you again next week. Thank you and bye-bye.